Welcome back to another episode of Diamond Talk Podcast. Today, we are mixing it up a little bit. Andrew is not in the chair today. In fact, we have Coach Jeff Falzerano from Bernard's High School in the building with us today. Jeff, how's it going? Great, Jeremy. How about you? We've been talking about this for a long time. We've been saying we got to get it back on. we got to get it back on. Schedules didn't quite match up, but I, we're here. We're doing it. Um, President's Day, it's a beautiful, beautiful day, season right around the corner. How are you feeling about baseball in particular? Oh, I'm excited, okay. especially with the weather right now. Yeah. I know we're not going to have uh, great weather. It right. is New Jersey right. all the time. But uh, excited to get it going. You know, I think the last two years with COVID and everything and sure. a little bit of a slowdown last year, even though we got our games in, yeah. it's just nice to have a – hopefully have a full season. I feel like there's still that itch out there in the players and coaches because obviously 20 was COVID and 21 was kind of a, still a relapse of COVID because you didn't get a full season. And this is going to be the first almost regular type of season you're going to have in almost two years. Oh, absolutely. I mean, last year we were kind of restricted as far as traveling and stuff like that. So although we may have played uh, the normal slate of games, right. um, we still kind of missed out on some because of uh, – because of the travel, because of COVID, you know, we didn't have a county tournament last mm-hmm. year. A lot of things to, to think about. And you're still going to get sort of that, that kickback because you're not going on a trip this year, right? That's Which correct. We're not. So where do you usually go? Uh, we usually do like a four or five day trip to, to Orlando. Nice. Um, nice. And we, we actually did it in 2020 and then COVID hit while we were down there. So what happened? You, you... We finished out. Um, Disney closed, like the last day we were there, Disney closed, <laughs> and uh, we got on a plane the following morning and, and yeah. flew back, and cool. I mean, that was a tough, tough one for us, yeah. but um, at least, for me, at least that senior group got to play together a little right. bit, and because we, we had those games in Florida. And did you, you participate in the last dance? We did. How'd that go? Uh, we struggled a bit. No. I think it was, uh, I, I think that year was really difficult, mm-hmm. um, especially when we're not full of, of college aspiring baseball guys, yeah. and they kind of shut down as soon as yeah. COVID hit and we knew the season was over. Um, to get them back together and rally that was, was a bit difficult. Yeah. Um, we did it. I think it was a, a good experience for most of the kids that were a part of it, but it was it was a tough one for sure. us from a competitive aspect. And, and I kind of want to hand on that to give, to give you guys a preview of what's going on today. <laughs> we're going to talk about high school expectations. We're going to talk about the proper pepper, preparation being in the Northeast. <laughs> Recruiting standpoint, and then how hard it can be to have multiple uh, athletes that play baseball as well uh, in your program, the preparation standpoint of that. So let's jump in right into, you know, high school expectations in the Northeast, so to say, right? It's, I, I feel like there's a little bit less that we have being living in the Northeast, living in New Jersey. Um, with, you know, obviously, like we touched on before, the weather and the space and not being able to get outside until March 8th this year, or I think 13th for full team. Um what are the expectations of a high school baseball team in the Northeast living in New Jersey? Well, I, we talking about preseason. Uh, I'm yeah. saying first week of you know the season, so to say. Well, I, I think what many of us who've been in this for a while, we try to encourage our kids to come in ready. Right. Um, one of the toughest aspects of that is the fact that we are in New Jersey, right. and if you're not a club kid or a travel program kid, you're you're possibly not getting your reps in that you might typically get in. Um, and then again, I'm a small school, right? We are in a small school, and a small school piece lends to multiple sport athletes, which also puts a little bit of a dent into into that. So, I mean, I, I try to encourage our pitchers to come in and be ready to throw mm-hmm. 50 to 60 pitches on day one and have their arms ready for that. Right. Um, doesn't happen, to be honest. I mean, I'm, maybe 50% of the kids will be at that point. So we have to spend a lot of time 
working through some aspects of of developing our arms mm-hmm. and our endurance and our strength and um you know fitness is a huge piece of what i do as, right. a, as a coach i don't know that every coach does that um i don't care if every coach right. does that i think it's important for us to recognize that um i have to protect them sure. and i have to do whatever i can to get them into the best shape that they can be in so that they can compete right. uh in a seven inning game right and when someone comes in day one and they're not ready mm-hmm. as to what you told them to be how does that throw off your plan um it, well it definitely throws it off um we'll we'll pretty much separate the kids mm-hmm. the, the first the first question i ask is how much have you been throwing and how often you know, are you on some kind of some, some kind of plan with your pitching instructor, or are you not pitching? This is your first that time out, and we separate the kids. Well, you know, we have to kind of segregate them a little bit in yeah. that respect, and then uh, we run through kind of a script that I that I have that I've used and that I uh, continue to use to kind of work kids through, yeah. um, depending on where they are. Right. Yeah. Right. And <clears throat> excuse me. Hmm. So now, if I mean, please correct me if I'm mistaken. Is this the first time? That they're doing pitchers and catchers a couple of days earlier, we uh, we did it last year because of the COVID situation, um, and they gave us I want to say I'm trying to remember how long it was it was a little I think it was a little more than a week last right. year, so we could work a little bit more progressions, um, and with our program we had a group that threw the first day, while a group uh, just worked on some mechanical stuff and fitness things, and then we flip flopped. Right. And we continued to work through that cycle, but although day three was a, was a rest day for those kids. Okay. And then, um, so on that rest day, we just did mechanical stuff. Sure. We did fitness. We did uh, like PFP kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we went through the progression again. Um, this year, they're giving us a three-day window, which in my opinion is kind of right. senseless. Yeah. You know. Um, How do you get ready in three days? <laughs> because you throw for you one can't. and you one off day. Yeah, you can't. And right. So... And that's exactly what's going to happen. We're going to have an, an on day, an off day, and a fitness day, or, or something, and, or a PFP day, or whatever. But it, it's, uh, I, you know, in my opinion, and I don't know if anyone will ever listen to me, but um, it, it would be great if we had the month of February, and just and even if we were told we can do two days a week. Yeah. Because then you can space it out, yeah. and then you can have those kids really get their arms ready. Sure. You know, and, sure. and that kind of follows a little bit of a, of a college off-season yeah. model to some extent, where you're meeting personally with kids. It does, and and you know, for for college, we meet four to one, in the beginning of January. Technically, so January tenth is technically when we can start and be with our kids, but to four to one, so four players to one coach. Right. Um, and then late January we start pitchers and catchers, and then early February we'll go full team, and then we're playing by the second or third week in February right. for, in some cases. D one, forget about it. They're going four to one back in December. Right. And they, it's almost they don't stop. The only time they stop is to for the winter break, for the week, for the New Year's and, and Christmas. Um, but I like I do like that model of just starting a little bit earlier to have more of a progression, like you say. So when day one comes for full team, maybe my guys are ready to throw live. Yeah. I mean, for you know, so uh, the, the windows that we have, right, the, we have that three-day period. Then we have our, our whole group come in. And then we have a six-practice window before we can scrimmage. Yeah. And most of us – want to scrimmage on that seventh right, day, no right, matter what, right. because we want to get it going. We want to see kids live. Yeah, we want sure. to, and so our kids have essentially now, if you're talking about it, our, our pitchers and catchers, if they come in and they haven't been throwing much, they well, have a, yeah. they have a 10 day window, right. you know, which isn't a lot. Right. So how much are they going to throw right. in that game, right. uh, in that scrimmage? Right. You're going to throw 40 pitches maybe and, if, and you're, you if to, you're lucky. Right. And you need, as a coach, you need to be able to evaluate. How can you evaluate on one outing, so to speak? Right. Well, you, you can't, especially, especially if, if they're not thrown live or yeah. thrown pens, and, and um, 
we know this. The first time a kid throws to a catcher, right, it's all about location. Right. <laughs> At least that's what we want it to be. Yeah, yeah. Right? And sometimes you, you, you bust out a radar gun and trying to throw it through the wall. Right. Um, but, you know, I think that's a good plan. Now, you, you, you see your kids for your first time. Um, you know, the, you have that six, seven-day window before you start scrimmaging. We're now in the first week of the season. What do you ex- where do you expect to be with your team by the time that fir- that home opener, that season opener starts? Well, um, as far as our our uh, conditioning and everything, we should be at the top of our right. of our conditioning shape. Um, I don't expect a pitcher to come out on April one and throw 110 pitches and uh, and get us through a complete game. Sure. I, I, I'm not going to see it that way. Right. No, should I you mean, allow that? No. Right. And I, and I also have to think. I have to think about. Uh, previous workload I have to think about body structure mm-hmm, and conditioning mm-hmm, of that particular mm-hmm. kid I also have to think about weather mm-hmm. right temperature uh, the stress during the course of the game right there's a lot of things yeah. to think about in accordance to that uh, I mean obviously if, if a kid throws 60 pitches and it's over two innings that's much different sure. than 60 over four sure. so um, and, you know and then the rest in between innings is another piece so there's a lot to kind of evaluate when yeah. you're thinking about that and you have to know your kids yep I have to know how strong they are I mean I, you know I, if I have a kid that's a 215, you know, a 6'3", 215-pound kid and has, you know, been mashing it in the weight room and can get after it a little bit, um, he can probably go a little bit longer than my 160-pounder. Just the way he's built. <laughs> Just the way he's built. Right. And, um, but, you know, as far as what we do offensively and defensively, I mean, we rep everything from day one. Our bunt defense is first thirds, you know, doing it repeatedly. Sure. So our kids should be. Anywhere, you know, they should be ready for anything right. come day one. Um, but we have to really think about the physical piece as right. much as anything. Right. And, you know, always day one, it's kind of interesting because, number one, you don't know what type of weather you're going to get. It can be very uh, hot and cold, literally speaking. Um, you know, I, I remember some opening days were 70 degrees and the next day was freezing. It's just, the way, it's just, it's just <laughs> the way it is in, in New Jersey playing in late March, early April. Um but no, that's good. I always like to tell my guys too, especially at the college, is like we want you peaking at the right time. A lot of guys, especially young guys, don't understand their bodies just yet and don't understand right. what it takes to prepare their body for a baseball game. They just think, hey, we'll meet the first day, six days of practice, yeah. we'll be ready to go. Not that case. And kids this, are different, right? right? We have different body types. Yep. We have different ways that they recover. Yep. yep. Right. I, Some kids recover faster than others. Some kids, you know, I had a kid a few years ago. Uh, well, maybe about six or seven years ago now, who would go and run three miles after his outing because that was the way he flushed himself right. and it felt good. Right. I don't have a lot of kids that do that. Right. Right. Not everybody does that. And and again, it just goes back to awareness. A lot of kids nowadays are they're doing so much, doing so much that they don't slow down to you know rest. I think resting for a lot of our guys too are very important that they don't understand. You got to get almost eight hours of sleep every day. Yeah, they don't know about sleep, about nutrition, about all that. Talk to any nutritionist or any you know physical. Yep therapy workout major whoever you want they're going to tell you how, how important rest is um we'll see like i said we see a lot of people and I actually it's, it's a good time to segue that into that now having multiple uh sport athletes obviously we don't want to shy away from it i think it's something that we all like especially to build an athlete because some mm-hmm. other sports help with you know whatever their main sport is but in the pre- preparation standpoint now that we're on it how do you get the almost a full team back on track when you have Guys playing football, guys playing basketball, track, or whatever the case is. Well, um, like, do you for, do you sort of you know that they're okay because they're they're moving and they're active, yeah, as I, to opposed to someone who's not just well, playing baseball. There's something about having an athlete, right, right? and an athlete who competes, yeah. right? Competition is a huge piece. 
you know, uh, if if I want this kid up in the bottom of the seventh with that tying run at second, he's the same kid I want at the foul line, right. you know, to, to knock down that, that point to win a game right. or – uh, to be in goal on the hockey team, whatever it might be, or, or be on a mat and wrestling. Whatever. I think there's something to be said about the athleticism of a kid and the competitive sure. spirit of a kid. Um, baseball, in many ways, I mean, listen, there's skills, right? There's skills in every sport. But if you don't pick up a basketball year-round, the only way you're going to get better is during your season, right? right. Uh, and the same thing is true with, the, with baseball. But the, the, the greatest issue is the injury piece, right, yeah. and the arm piece. If you're not throwing a baseball and working yourself up, you're all you're gonna be in pain. Yeah. You're gonna have some soreness, you're gonna have some struggles, you're gonna to have to teach yourself or, or learn how to shut down at times right. and recover. Um, and kids and listen, if you're trying to make a team or you're trying to make the starting lineup, sometimes you're gonna to try to throw through some of that stuff. Right. Right. Which is only gonna make your situation worse. Right. So um, at least if they're playing another sport, they need to be able to throw a little yeah. bit. Um, the hitting piece, I think, you know, it's a skill. It'd be great if you were doing it. <laughs> great if you're repping it in some way. Right. But um, I think we can do enough to get you there, put in a little extra time to get you there. The throwing piece is a tough one. Yeah. You can't rush a throwing piece. No. Because your arm can only do so much, and your body can only do so much a day, or even, in, you know, a practice session. Mm -hmm. So you can't rush that. You're 100% right. But we also know no matter how good a shape you're in, right. you go and throw, you're going to be sore after. Right. And, 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 <laughs> For those of you out there, throwing is an, is a motion that's unnatural, right? Your body your body shouldn't be the way moving the way you throw the ball. Um, so, like you just said, Jeff, there really is no speeding up that progression. It's what it is. It's what your body allows you to do, even if you're in the best shape or even if you're in the worst shape. You, you try to throw 100 pitches in a day to rush your progression, you're going to be failing it the next day. Yeah, it's not like I can go take right. take more swings right. or. Uh, Take more foul shots, right? Even so, I keep shooting my foul right, shots. Right. I keep doing it. And even really even so, to, to, to hitting too, you know, it's great to get extra work in. And we, as a coach, we always uh, encourage to get your extra work in. But that there, there's something to be said about that as well, because I don't want you to just go swing extra after you take you know your hundred and first swing on a day, and it's right. a bad swing, right? There's everything we do in baseball, whether it's fielding a ball, catching a pop up, throwing a pitch, taking a swing, should be quality. Quality, quality, Absolutely. quality. It's not like you said in basketball, you can just go get your shots up. Yep. Or, I, I, I mean, let's think about it. Um, I, I say it to our high school kids all the time. Your reps in a cage or your reps in any particular round are going to be five to eight. Because right. after that, you get a little fatigued, yep. then your reps get bad. Yep. You get, if, when you start replicating some bad reps, it's not really going to help you. Yeah. It's not going to help your mind, yeah. number one, yep. and not going to help you physically, yep. number two. Yep. So. When we talk about mindset now, actually, glad you bring that up. What's the mindset when your guys come in on day one? You know, are they are they giddy? Are they excited to be all together again? Um, do you have to sort of get them fired up, or you have to reel them in? What what is the mindset? No, usually the excitement's pretty good. Uh. Everybody's uh, amped up to see how the season's going to play out, mm -hmm. amped up to get after it again. And I think definitely, as we were talking about with the COVID piece, the guys get excited for it sure. um, more so than ever now. Um, I I do know that when you're in Jersey, if you're indoors for a long time, that that you know, that energy starts to fade a little yeah, bit, and you sure. got to find out ways to compete indoors yep. or, or do some competitive things with the kids to keep their energy uh, alive. Right. Um, but it's always, you know, for us, it's always been good the yeah. first couple of days. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. I, and I've been working with your group, you know, personally, and I do see it's a different mindset there when working with them hmm. as opposed to the other high schools that I've been with in, in the past. Um, they seem like they come in every day, whether it's your best player or your worst player, to come get in work, and they're coming there for a job, not to, you know, screw around, so to speak. Yeah, I, I, you know, I think we've been blessed. We have kids that, that 
that care about it, yeah. you know, um, and they have energy about it. And, and again, and they care about every kid in the, in the program, right? right? They're they're kind to each other. They're helpful to each other. They they don't get after each other uh, in in an aspect of a negative sure. aspect. Sure. Um, they, it's more of a drive or a push kind of thing. And, and I think that's important. I you know I don't want to claim any of that. I think that's definitely a combination of of the history of the program, but also possibly you yeah. know if you think about the community that we're in and kids' interest in it. Um, you know, it, it's it's a nice it's a nice place for me. Right. You know, it's um, makes it easier to do what we want to do. Oh, absolutely. And and if um, and if they listen, yeah. You know, I mean, what are you, what are you looking for you, for your high school athlete to do or your, or your athlete period? Right. Right. Work hard. Listen. Focus. Put in the time. And we've been talking about this as recently too. The idea of um, you know putting in quality time every yeah. time that you're here. Every time you get a chance, it's another chance, right? right? Every time you get an opportunity to get reps, it's another opportunity to get reps. Right. Why would you stand around, yeah. right, or mess up the pitching machine or right. <laughs> goof around or, or, turn off. Yeah, right. or smack your buddy? Or, right. Yeah, right. Why, right. why wouldn't you just – you can have fun yeah, literally you, and every, compete in that cage. 100%. Every day that you're going to school and going home and doing nothing in the winter, just think there's a kid in Florida or Texas or California who are out on a baseball field, on a baseball field, yep. playing baseball. It's, it's insane. Or another kid in Jersey. Right. <laughs> right. Or another kid in Jersey in a facility. So that time that you're getting, you're, you're able to get work in and you're able to have a hitting lane in a facility or take a lesson, take advantage of it, right? Because even, even so that you're doing that, even so that you're coming in every Sunday for winter training, yeah. you're still three months behind the eight ball of everyone else. You know, because like I said, especially Florida, I know in some cases, some high schools are playing right now. Yeah. And yeah. they're, they're not playing scrimmages, they're playing regular season games. No, and we would, we would, uh, you know, we would come across that when we would go to Florida, right. um, because we're going there for scrimmages. We're not, we can't. They're not games. We can't play games yet. We can't play games till April, so we're always there in March. Mm -hmm. And um, some, there were some years where we went down, and people wanted to play us. Wanted it to be a, a game for them. And right. I'm like, I can't, I can't play you then. Right. Um, I mean, my first year that I did this, we were playing somebody from Texas, and they already had 20 games. Yeah, I was that's like, insane. Oh my god, that's insane. You're, re you're really prepped. It we're, was an, it was we're just always, trying to get after it a little bit. It was always a f yeah. We're still trying to make our roster, <laughs> yeah. and you're ready to you're ready to make a push at the state tournament. But uh, it was always fun time going to Myrtle Beach number one because the experience, um, and I'm talking about now personally experience now of going. We as Elizabeth we used to go to Myrtle Beach every year, um, and it was a fun time because of the experience, the connections that you made, the people that you met. Um, but for I can't remember if. It probably didn't count for us, but we went late. It was when we went. It, Easter was like late. Yeah, it could have been in April. It, yeah. it might have been the first week of April. Yeah. Um, it might have been season game. It actually it was because we played Lenape. Yeah. We played Lenape down there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it counted. Um, yeah. So it definitely counted. But you, it was always fun that you can see the difference in a team. Oh yeah. We absolutely. only played one team from Maryland, and this is just in Maryland, where it's still cold, but it gets a little hotter, a little quicker for yeah. them. Um, so maybe in early March they had more hotter days than we would. <laughs> And even then, you'll see the difference of you know just a, how a team would play, how they gel together, the chemistry of the oh, team. Yeah. Um, that's why it, it, it's always important that I stress too, especially to my college guys, go out and do stuff together, right? Don't just be separated for a couple months and then try to come back together, right. because then you don't have the chemistry of the team that you need, which is such an important piece of a program is chemistry. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Our our, our best teams uh, at Bernard's High. Where teams had hung out together, like we're in the locker room together playing video games afterwards. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we had a couple of years where they went and somebody was getting rid of a couch. They brought it into the locker room. They set up a TV and an sure, Xbox, sure. and they were, 
and I had to kick him out some nights. Like, guys, <laughs> yeah, I got to yeah. go home. Right. You know, right. you got to get right. you got to get out of here. Uh, but even the Florida trip is like that. I mean, we always talk about it. Yeah, you're in you're in Orlando, right? Mm-hmm. You you have Disney, but you have beautiful fields. Mm-hmm. This is a business trip for us. Mm-hmm. That's the way we. That's how we talk right. about it. Right. And this is about this is about uh, camaraderie and gelling and and being on a baseball field from eight to four. Like some significant stuff for us, right. you know. And it's, it's it's like you said, it's taking advantage of the time that you have. Exactly. Because you're gonna play your four or five days in a, a nice mm-hmm. complex, nice field, hot weather. Yep. You come in two days, you're right back where you started, and you're back in Jersey. Yeah, and you may be, and you may not be on a field. Right. <laughs> Highly and, possible. And how how do you feel? Like I always had this question in my mind. How do you feel like your kids adapt to that change coming from the warm weather state, going coming back to Jersey, I, and and playing those games? I I just think it's more. It's more of a mental thing than a physical thing, right. um, because there's disappointment if they can't get on the field. Right. There's, uh, you know, they see things starting to happen and they see some results in Florida and they come back and those results might take a little bit of a step back because right. they're not seeing that live pitching right. because they're not in that live situation and, and having that stuff go through. And the momentum absolutely slows down a little absolutely. bit, absolutely. Right, because if a kid's feeling hot on the mound or he's feeling hot at the plate, what does he want to do? Get back out there as fast as possible. Yep. Now we're ta- now we're adding a travel day. Maybe we're adding an off day when you get back, and then you're back at to it. But this time inside or out of practice instead of you know playing live games. We're actually really for every time I went to Myrtle Beach, we're really fortunate to have number one nice weather, um, because there were some times we went really early in March, and sometimes it still can be cold. Absolutely. Um, but it was always nice weather. I remember my, my I remember my senior year. Um, it was a Monday morning, and there's snow falling, and we're, <laughs> and we're at a delay. And it was a perfect time. We got out just in time. And when we came back, it was 66 degrees here. So we got out when it was freezing, 32 degrees. Get to South Carolina, it's 75 to 80. We're sweating. And but mind you, the people down there are wearing coats and yeah, jackets exactly. and stuff. It's and we're out there, and we're in flip-flops <laughs> and, and tank top. Um, and then when we come back, the weather finally broke, and it was nice again. So, you know, in some cases, like you, like you mentioned, right, you have to take – the be- the most of every time every situation absolutely if you're out in the field make sure yeah. play like it's your last if you're you know back home play like it's your last I think a lot of times especially in coaching now you know you get into a tournament you start playing for the next game get there first same thing with kids right they don't do what they want to do in that situation they you know they sort of get down on themselves and, and it's like oh well I have tomorrow no let's let's play today and let's worry about tomorrow when tomorrow comes. Yeah, I think um, I I do believe as a high school coach now, um, you know, with some of obviously you're always trying to protect your kids with sure. some of our arm restrictions and stuff and our innings restrictions or pitch restrictions, we're trying to figure out. You are kind of thinking ahead sometimes. Right. Are you going to run out of arms? I mean, I do the same thing in Florida, right? When we're there, I don't want to come back with got with five guys right. that right. are that are banged up and can't throw, right? We want to protect them, so. We have to figure out the best way to continue to manage those kids and, and to push them along in our progression, right. so that they can go longer uh, at certain times. But again, we have the you know March and April very very different than yeah. than May. Sure, yeah. and and I'm glad you brought that up. So, uh, what's a perfect time for you and your team to be peaking during the season? Is it uh, after that Florida trip? Is it you know a couple of weeks after it? Well, I I mean obviously you hope that you can sustain some kind of peak all throughout mm-hmm. the two months mm-hmm. that you're. That you're playing baseball, but uh, for for us, you know, for for us, peaking is probably about three or four weeks in. Okay. Yeah, so that we have. I mean, we really want to make sure that the month of May is our best baseball. Um, Heading into that state tournament. Yeah. Potentially playing until the middle of June. Absolutely. I mean, listen, we we have a pretty 
we have a pretty good division and pretty good competitive stuff uh, in our division that makes us fight day in and day out throughout April. Uh, but I think it's also great preparation for our section in a lot of ways. I always feel really good about our preparation for our section after after playing Voorhees and, and Gill and Rutgers Prep. and uh, Well, it used to be Somerville, but it's not any longer. Um, what is it now? Um, There's no more Som- Somerville? Somerville's, Somerville moved up to the – to, oh, a, oh, oh, to the yeah, bigger yeah, division, because so because the top team in every division goes up. Yeah, I think. Well, they're also they're also one of the biggest schools in our in our um, in our division. Right. So um, the, comp- the competition for them just seemed better. It's for always a good well. school. Yeah, it's always, uh, there's always a coach out there. Babalus? No, uh, it's, um, Timmy ba- Byron. Ba- uh, not Byron. No, Banos. Chris ba- Banos. Chris Banos. We used to yeah. scrimmage them every year. Yeah. But uh, but you know, Gill's really good now. Um, Voorhees is really good now. Rutgers Prep is always competitive. Warren Hills is in that. Um, Franklin, um, North Plainfield. You know, so for the majority of that, I mean, the competition is is pretty legit. I mean, you know, play Franklin. They had three D one kids yeah. last year. One who's just started this. Whole one, week. yeah. One is at Rutgers, and they still have the Bonds kid in, in the outfield, and another left fielder who's going, I think, to Iona or something like that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it, we look. I'd love to win the division, but the division is all about us also getting ready to do right. what we, to right. what we need to do. Now, who's in your section? Our section is uh, North Two Group Two. So it's uh, last year was run by Hanover Park, uh, Rutherford, Caldwell, uh, Hackettstown. GL. No, GL's in Central. They're in Central division. Yeah. So you play them in what across? I did play. I did. We did play in Central for a couple years. Gotcha. We dropped down to Central and then they moved us back to North Two. Okay. Yeah. How was that competition in Central? Central's good. Yeah. Yeah. New Prov in that central too. New Prov's a one though. One. Okay. Yeah, but that but that would that's where Voorhees won it. Okay. Um, Del Valle used to be in it, but now Del Valle's a one. Um, I want to say Raritan. Okay. Um, Which, Monmouth. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean it's a. Which Raritan? Is, There's like three Raritans, right? <laughs> There's uh, one by Domination. Yeah. Down short. It's it's not that with Diamond. The one by Domination is uh, Hunter and Central. They gotcha. go to Hunter and yeah, Central, yeah, so right. so it's the one further down. Right. But. Um, Group two is pretty good baseball. It is. It <laughs> is. Some pretty good teams. Yeah. Yeah. And you have the really good baseball minded towns, like for an example, like a mountainside and a Brickley Heights that goes to Governor Livingston. Yeah. Um, obviously, Burners and schools like that. Like you said, I, I know Voorhees is a one, but Voorhees always had some really big, big baseball players. Voorhees is a two. There are a two. Yeah. Okay. So they won the group two overall last year. Did they? Yeah. And how were they? They're good. Yeah. Yeah. They're. Uh, one of their pitchers is uh, is in college now, but the Richter kid is a senior. He's a I know that one of the kids, Conover, did he go to Voorhees? Yeah, no. I think so. Yeah. yeah. But I think the uh, Richter was a junior last year and committed, oh, God, I want to say Coastal. He's committed somewhere. It's somewhere down south. Maybe Interesting. It, might, it might not be Coastal, but uh, somewhere in the south. Right. I want to talk about, now that you brought that up, recruiting, I want to talk about the recruiting standpoint for your guys and the proper mindset there and how do you keep your freshmen and sophomore motivated while trying to get your juniors and seniors um, you know, to that right college fit for them. And b- being that you see both sides of you know, high school baseball and then travel baseball, um, who, pl- who plays the most in, in trying to get that player to college baseball? Well, you know, I don't feel like high school coaches are as much involved mm-hmm. in it as we used to be. Right. Um, and I don't think that's our doing. I think that's more the college recruiting sure. doing. Um, it's unfortunate. Um, I haven't had a lot of phone calls from college coaches 
to ask me about kids. They've only happened when it's also been started through the right. club program. Obviously, the club program is beneficial in that because that's when those guys are looking at kids yeah. in the summers and yeah. uh, when we're not playing. You know, I'm, I'm, we're at a disadvantage. I said this to my son the other day. We're like, we're kind of at a disadvantage as high school programs because we don't have a preseason. Right. Right? I mean, like summer's our preseason. No. Summer's our season that we work on stuff, right. but it's after our season. Right. And, and um, that's what's actually funny. Are you in the, the thing where, like, the mindset where, you know, your spring season's like the last bit of your season? Because yeah. you have your fall development, you have your winter training, you have, <clears throat> you know, spring preseason, whatever you want to call it, then your spring, and then you, that's it. Well, yeah, I mean, when you think about your fall sports, if you think about, you know, soccer or football or, or field hockey, you know, for the girls or whatever it might be, that they're they're spending the summer amping up yeah. for their season. Yep. Right? We amp up in the summer. We still have to wait, Couple you know, weeks. eight right. months right. <laughs> until baseball starts. Right. Right. So, or six months, whatever it might be. So um, it's a very different thing. So the, so the kids have to find a good program to be a part of that's going to help them develop in, in the offseason. Right. We, we do things, you know, I do uh, – in my summers, I do you know I do weightlifting, I do skill stuff uh, when I'm permitted to. I haven't run a team in a few years because it's been very difficult to run a team yeah. at a small school with kids playing for clubs. Um, and then it you know I'm not going to take them away from their showcases and their ability right. to, to be seen. Right. You know, so the, uh, as I was saying, the college pieces become a little bit more difficult for me. Um, I don't necessarily have the same um, Network that some other guys like like Roof has and what have you and, and their ability to get all those kids into D one schools, but I do I do sit down with our kids, I do tell them to have a plan. I have them start to think about schools that work for them academically, and then to kind of branch out. And I, I actually tell them to do research first before we even sit down. I say let's sit down, let's search the schools that that work for you academically, then let's get contact info, and then let's. I want you to draft a letter to that coach. Let's see an email. Let's get that piece started first. Use me as a contact, and then we'll go from there. Gotcha. Um, I think it's. I think they invest in it more when they right. take the initiative yeah. themselves instead yeah. of me saying, "Oh, I think you can go here." I think you. Go, I. I think it's and and sometimes if I just go in and tell them, I think you can go here and there. There's always a little bit of a. Well, I want to go. I don't want to go there. Right. I want to go somewhere that. Or, or they have a different expectation. Of At this themselves. this point, you're telling you're you're telling your players, all right, tell me where you want to go, and I'll tell you what's a good fit. And what's exactly. Not. And that's and that's always so. I, I like to obviously I do recruiting here at ITZ, um, and I, that's what I've been doing for the past couple of weeks. I've been you know setting up meetings and, and phone calls with parents and players to um, sort of take intake of where they want to go, right? And, and it's, it can be as stupid as you want to be in a warm weather or a cold weather state. Yeah. How far do you want to be from home? Big what school, state small you, school. Right. What yeah. state do you want to be in? What environment do you want to be in? Do you want to be somewhere in rural or do you want to be somewhere in the city? Um, but, you know, the, I think the thing for me in the recruiting process, I honestly trying to – and I honestly see both sides of it, especially being at a, at, a, at a JUCO where I'm trying to get kids into my school and then get them out at the same time. Right. Um, I, I do see both sides of it. How hard it can be to try to chase a coach to look at your player yeah. and then, again, how to bring in a player for you. Um but it, it's as simple as narrowing you down your choices. And you know, and, and while talking to these parents, I'm getting lists of like 20 to 25 schools. And I go, this is really great. But you have schools here that are completely different in size and location and where it is. And I need, I, I need a, a, a list of three, really. Give me a list of three. We have to get down to a list of three by his junior year. And we have to be committed as to what school he's going to right. by his end of, the, end, of junior, end of junior summer, beginning of senior fall. Um, and, you know, in some cases, some kids commit later and some kids commit very early. 
Uh, I do think a lot of kids get caught up in the stigma of committing early because they see everyone around them committing early. Yeah. We don't need to get caught up in that really. If we just set a timetable for yourself of when to do stuff. But you kids, know. kids grow and mature differently yeah. too. Yeah. I mean, you know, would would Michael Jordan have gotten into UNC as a freshman in high school? No. <laughs> not from what I see. Not no. from what I, not from what I've seen. Yeah. And you know, I've seen many standpoints of you know, I won't bring up any names, but I've seen a kid that freshman year committed to St. John's, decommitted, went to UNC right. by his senior year. Um, so things are con- and again. We'll see a kid committed in sophomore year just to say he's committed instead right. of really taking a step back and going, let me wait and see what comes to me, see how I change as a baseball player, yeah. as a human being, as just as my body's changing, and then we'll move on from there. There's so many elements to think about, right? Yeah. There's so many variables, not just the education, not just the you know rural versus urban or size of the school or how far away you want to go, right? There's also uh, how do you fit into that particular school community right. or that team community? Um, are you a kid that can handle sitting for two years before you even get a chance to play, right? Especially if you have a kid that's been a starter for two years or three years at your high school level. Can you sit? Is that even possible? Right. Um, right? There's so many things to think about. And, and you mature at different stages. You, uh, not, and I don't just mean physically. I mean emotionally and yeah. mentally. So your likes and dislikes are going to change. Um, you know, visiting, I think, is huge, right? And being amid those kids to see what the atmosphere, those other baseball players, to see what the atmosphere is going to be. Because that's your family. That's going to be your family for right. four years right. if you're really going to stick to yeah. it and you're really committed to it. So you want to know what they're going to be like, 100%. you know? And, 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 and are you a kid that fits in with them? Yeah. So I had a kid come up to me the other day and just not a ba- not baseball related, but someone that I know, and he goes, or the parents, I forget who it was, but they go, my son's committed to Alabama. And the first thing I said to him was like, I can look at your son. He's not going to fit in Alabama with the way the you know the people are there and how it's you know not very tight and everything's kind of different there from New Jersey. I go, this isn't New Jersey. I don't think that's a good fit for him. But it's Alabama. He gets to post on Instagram. He's going to Alabama, yeah. and he's trying to get a degree. That I, I understand that, but still, you want a good fit. We see so many kids bounce around, and don't get me started on the transfer portal. But we see so many kids oh, yeah. bounce around from school to school because the first school that they chose out of high school wasn't the school for them. Yeah, I mean, is do you want? <laughs> As a kid or as a parent, you know, as a kid, do you want to be uncomfortable or do you want to be you want to be homesick? Do you do you want to have to make that change and go through all the stress of that? And as a parent, is that what you want for your kid? Right. You know, you got to think about what's you know what's going to work and what's going to last. Right. Now, uh, not now. I don't mean that this kid needs to know what his major is. We all change. Right. You know, things are going to shift, but you want to enjoy your experience. Right. Um, and I think we want every kid to enjoy that experience, yeah. especially if you're paying money for it. And you, ha- as, a pl- as a kid going to college, not just baseball, you have to know what you want that experience to be, right? You, and again, kids get caught up in going to big-name schools and big-name places not knowing what it's really like there because they, all, the, all they see really is how the football team does, how the basketball team does, how the baseball team does. They don't know what it's like to go to school there, right? For an example, NGIT went to a regional last year. They got very highly covered, covered when they were in Arkansas. Kids looking at that school from – Let's say Southside Alabama, they go, Wow, that school looks really good. They're really good at baseball. They made it all the way to Arkansas. They competed. I want to go there. Let me go let me go to that school. They come to New Jersey. They they don't have no idea that's a small one block radius yeah. in a gated community of North New Jersey. Yep. That's where NGIT is. Yeah. It's the same thing in other areas, right? Yep. Don't just go to a school because you see them on TV every Saturday or every Sunday. Right. Right. Go to a school because <clears throat> you checked all boxes. You've seen the campus. Mm. You toured the facilities. You've seen what the dorms look like. That's another big thing, too, yeah. especially when going away. 
facilities. You, you've been in the environment of the school. That's all things to look at when, you know, you're going through the process. Absolutely. Um, you know, not just, hey, I want to get away from home. Let me just go to this school. Not something okay. that should be rushed. Right. And it's a, and like we said, it's, it's a process for a reason. It's not something that you just pick out of a hat. Yep. You know, so I think the biggest thing for me when helping kids go to pick schools is narrow down. I want, by the time you're a freshman, give me 25 schools. Now we become sophomores, take some schools out, put some schools in. Now, you know, sophomore summer, beginning of junior year, we have to start narrowing that down as much yeah. as possible. Um, and senior year, if not senior fall, I should say, you should be ready to go and ready to go to a school by December, if not even that, maybe November, of, of what you want to do. It, it, and it, it is a process, right. and you definitely need to consider a number of variables. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. How do you think the season's going to go this year? For us? Yep. Uh, I feel pretty good about it. Um, I think I have a, a pretty good nucleus of kids. Mm-hmm. Um, I also have, um, you know, two starting pitchers, our top two from last year back. I think that's a huge piece to sure. get us, kind of get us going. And the experience. Yep, and, and, and to get them healthy, uh, you know, keep keep them healthy, hopefully. Um and I do. Th- I, th- I think for one of the first times in a while, our depth is pretty good in the aspect that, you know, if one kid's struggling, I feel like I have another kid or two that can come in and take that spot and sure. and uh, and get it done. I don't. I don't feel like that. It's just I'm just filling jerseys to fill bench out. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Um, yeah. I, I you know I'm, I'm I definitely feel like I'm gonna have like 15, 18 kids that are gonna be pretty competitive, yeah. and and by the way that that helps too. Right, the nature. Com- if, if, just the nature of competing to get on the field is a, is a huge piece. Sure, sure. I want to ask you, because I know we talk about it all the time, hmm. coaches in high school baseball, how can this hurt or, or affect your program? Meaning? In the sense of having ma- some schools you'll see, hmm. like a group four, they have the pleasure and, and of having many coaches. Oh, 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 in group oh right. Two, you have, Number of coaches right, you have? Right, right. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we um, – so we have three – Paid coaches, essentially, it's varsity, JV, and, and freshmen. And um, I try to find, from year to year, somebody who would act as a volunteer. Mm-hmm. Um, a fourth coach, so we have another set of eyes, so we have another, another, um, you know, another guy to swing a fungo, another set of ears, another kid, another guy to talk to people. Some, you know, if, if my situation's perfect and I have four or even a, or a fifth guy, then Sometimes my role in practice is just to walk around and talk to kids. And tell, yeah. Right? I can just walk around and have conversations. Not, and I don't just mean baseball conversations. I mean personal conversations right. where I get to know them a little bit better, how's things in school, how's things at home. Um, the stuff that you don't really get enough time to do when you're yeah. <laughs> hitting, hitting ground balls or sure, working sure. with your catchers. Or, um, and, um, you know, my situation doesn't always play out that way. Some of the, um, you know, some of the bigger schools and some of the schools whose, for whatever reason, booster club history is a little bit uh, more significant than mine, have the number of guys, and it makes it a lot easier to, yeah. to work with kids, to, to have those conversations. Listen, they're going to be invested in you when you're invested in them. Yep. Um, and I think that's, a, that's something that sometimes is overlooked. Yeah, having that trust factor between your players. Absolutely. In any program, not just yeah. high school, you know, any, any program that you're in. And, and I do think we're in a time now where, you know, education is a little bit overlooked. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of pressures involved in it with COVID. Um, there's less people going into it. Hard to find coaches. Yeah. 
hard to find umpires, right? There's a lot of things going on um, that are affecting that, the economy and whatever else. And, um, you know, it's just, it's just so much easier to work with your program when one, you have confidence in the guys you have underneath you. And two, when you know that you can do some other things that are going to be important to those kids. Um, you know, for so many years at Bernard's high school throughout my, this is my 19th year, um, I've coached every single position and situation, uh, in some, in some realm, um, good, bad, or indifferent, it would be great to have, you know, a guy that does only pitching and I don't have to worry about it yeah. any longer and fo- can follow my philosophy or a guy that does catching, you know, just so many different things. And I have bits and pieces throughout that are helpful, but, you know, how about a game situation? Right. I'm going to have a kid coach first base in a right. game. Right. Um, and maybe a kid who's not, I mean, there's a couple kids I don't mind coaching first base because they're pretty darn good at it. But then there's some others that I'm like, what? Right, right. You know. But aesthetically, you're talking about a player now, right? Yeah. Aesthetically, as a high school player, like, would you? Is that the look that you want to put out there? But mm. have you been caught in that situation sometimes? Oh, you, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it definitely isn't. You don't. Right. You. Uh, I mean, I've when we've gone to Group Two final against Roof. You know, he's got. I have four guys because I had a volunteer that year, and he's got Six. eight. Right. <laughs> and that's so, that's. And it's like, oh my God, you yeah. talk about being. A, I mean, easy to get out coached. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. And that, again, it allows the head coach to do more and facilitate a game and delegate during a game um, and just manage the game a little bit differently when you have that a, a bigger coaching staff because you know you can trust you know a third-base coach, a first-base coach. You have a guy in the pen. And that's honestly – that's what – and I only ask because that's what I'm used to. I'm, I'm used to you know head coach on the bench, third-base coach, first-base coach, coach in the pen, right. pitching coach managing the pitchers, yeah. somebody managing the outfielder, somebody managing right. the, the infielder, somebody calling pitches. That's what I'm used to being at a big school when I went to high school, just having the flexibility in the, in the coaching staff. And, and really more so not in the game, but like you said, the practice factor is a big part of it too. Uh, being able to walk around and, and, and sort of be with every positional group is, is, is huge for you because you know yeah. who to play in, in certain situations. You also think about reps, yeah. right? I mean – if you have two guys that hit fungos in your infield, that's more reps yep. that they're going to get. Right. So, And it's just a better flow. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but listen, the NCAA isn't doing it much justice either. Nope. There's, there's I, I should say coaches. NCAA Division One. Yes, it's not doing There's uh, not two and three. Coaches. Two and three is a little bit different because yeah. there's more flexibility and you can have more. Uh, but Division One's it's a mess. Four coaches to yeah. sometimes 35, 36 players on yep. a roster is a little, a little absurd, especially being at a Division One program. Um, favorite Bernard's high memory? Fair Burns High memory? Um, well, there's a few of them, but um, a, a semifinal, North 2 semifinal against, um, oh, my God, who was it against? I can't even remember who it was against. Uh, is it Lake? No, it can't be Lakewood. It was uh, Ramsey. I'm sorry. Okay. It was Ramsey. Uh, very two opposite. Very, yeah, very, very complete opposite Different places. teams. Against Ramsey. Group two semifinal. We had won the section. Um, we had this. So I'll, let me backtrack a little bit. In 2013, we won the county tournament. Sure. A great. Listen, that that was a fantastic experience. Sure. Being Immaculata down at TD Bank Park. Um, it, the whole thing is a blur to me. Like I can still see visions of it, but it ran by so fast. You know, very difficult thing for a group two school to do mm-hmm. in, in our county. Um, well, amazing experience. Got a great pitching performance from 
from Zach DeLeon, our catcher, was a kid that went to Rutgers and then transferred over to Villanova. Left fielder played at Rutgers. Like, you know, center fielder was a football player at Colgate, right? Mm-hmm. When we had D1 athletes, we, we got after it a little bit. Uh, great game. That The next year, we won the uh, North 2, Group 2, and made it down to Tom's River. Lost to Buna 3-1. to But the, the third year, because this memory is really cool, um, same thing. We're playing in that semifinal to go down to Tom's River. And uh, we're playing Ramsey. We used three pitchers that year in bits and pieces here and there, uh, depending on who was hot, who was struggling, and sometimes piece them together in those games. And we had a lead, lost that lead, tie game. Uh, we, go, we go extras, and the, our center fielder, who was a kid that went to Rutgers, uh, Luke Bowerbank, we're playing up, uh, we're playing in, um, in We Quake on, mm-hmm. the, on the tunnel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Um, cool field, every, right yeah, up there, yeah, up on yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. turf on the tunnel and everything. And, you know, tight place, dugouts tight, people are tight behind yeah, us. Weehawken, yep. Yeah, yep, Weehawken, that's it. Weehawken. And then we had guys, um, we had fans like out in right center field nice. bleachers, right? The stone bleachers yeah, out there. And the cars are going. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, that's cool. And, um, and Luke gets up, and he's just a great, pure, lefty swing, fast. He's, he hits a ball into the right center gap, and I'm like, this is at least a triple. Now, I'm, in my head, I'm going, all I got to do is get Take him in, third, yeah. right? I got good guys coming up. We just got to find a way to get him in. And he hits it, and I just watched the people in the bleachers just slowly rise up, <laughs> and he hit it out. Wow. Solo shot to win the game. Place went, you know, right, right, right. celebration at home. Umpire got run over. Oh like, it was great. He, like, right. he just, like did a back right. roll. It's just one it, of those memories that you remember yeah, because I mean, of the situation <laughs> and, and the hitter and where, you know. I mean, I can pull in probably 10 to 15 memories from, mm-hmm. from those three years because right. we, uh, we won a lot of games right. in, those, in those three or four years there uh, and made it back, you know, made it to the group two final two years in a row, which was awesome. Sure. Um, hard to do. But uh, that group of kids – just skilled, um, athletic. I, our, our shortstop, I thought J.P. Tantliff could have played somewhere. He went to Villanova just to go to school. Right. Um, there were a lot of kids who I thought could have gone on and, and done some things. In fact, we had other kids. We had a kid that, that went and played at Sacred Heart. And, nice, nice. You know. So just a good, well-rounded group of kids. When you did, yeah, yeah, and that was that group that was tight. You know, they they were tight. They it were literally tight. The yeah, they were literally tight. They hung out together. They were in the locker room together. It was, and they studied it. You know, you didn't. I didn't have to ask my catcher to look at a pitching chart. Right. He did it all on his own. Nice, nice. That's yeah. that's a good sense of just having that group well-rounded. Back to be said, chemistry. I'll, I'll tell you that that that's the group that my son grew up with. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like those kids are the ones who he idolized right. as a as a little kid. He was there, with and the has team really infected him as a baseball player. Nice. nice. You know, which is which is another thing to think about the input that. A high school kid can have on sure the on, right. on the youth kids in our and that's why you know I, I really wish that a lot of more youth programs throughout the state of New Jersey that they they go and they try to enforce tell your kids to go watch a you know a high school game a local high school game yeah for me it was cool to watch especially because I grew up in, in in a time where Alex Reyes who's now the the closer for the St Louis Cardinals yeah. was playing in Elizabeth and it was a big time thing when he was there and you yeah. knew it because the whole city would go to watch. Yeah. Um, but no, you know, having good youth programs and, and being, you know, present as a head coach of a town. Yeah, we and, try to invite them in our dugouts. Good. You know, we try to bring those kids to our dugouts and you know, make it can. special for them. Absolutely, yeah. awesome, awesome. Last thing, real quick. Um, 
your main goal this year for your team? It doesn't have to be winning X amount of games or winning this tournament. What's your main goal for your team it's never, this year? It's never about winning. It's about just growing together, All right. you know, getting better. All right. And building that relationship with, within one another. Absolutely. Really good stuff. Jeff, well, we appreciate you coming on. Uh, it was real fun just talking about memories and yeah, things cool, that cool to be here again. Things are going on. We we hope this is almost like a, a once a month type of thing when we find times in our schedule. I know it's going to be getting busy for everyone, with, especially with the weather breaking like how it is. I think we get sixty six tomorrow or on Wednesday or something like that. Yeah. It's going to be crazy. But I'm excited. Baseball is just around the corner. Uh, travel baseball is around the corner. The weather's finally breaking. We're getting some good stuff in store. You know, we're getting some. You know, and I, I, we were just talking about it. Sorry to go off topic here, but we just see the uptick in just preparation now I mean, yeah. we did three high, school groups, yeah. three high school groups yesterday it was just a different feeling maybe it was the practice that we had but it was just a different feeling they know baseball's right around the corner we know it the only thing is we got to get this lockout now back to locked in and major league baseball but you know we're slowly moving forward in the right direction um and i'm excited so jeff thanks again thanks for jumping on yeah, folks stuff. any questions you have always you can email diamond talk show at gmail.com. Any questions, comments, concerns, you want to ask anybody a question, diamondtalkshow.com. It's episode 7. Stay tuned for the next one.